Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that didn't take long at all. Did not take long at all. We already have an athlete in the U.S. on the U.S. Olympic team now who is, well, they didn't kneel during the anthem, but they turned, she turned her back during the national anthem. Turned her back during the national anthem. She was uh, Gwen. What's her name here? Gwen Berry. Gwen Berry turns her back to the U.S. flag during national anthem at Olympic trials. Says she was set up. Yeah, that's right. She was set up here. Put into the difficult position of having to decide whether or not she would stand or kneel during the national anthem. Does that sound right to you? Talk about this briefly here this morning. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts, questions, feedback, adoration, and praise. All that can be sent to Todd at com. And uh, we're streaming a lots, uh, lots of places again uh, on social media. As long as those jokers at social, um, well, at these social media companies let us do that. So, here we are um, during the Olympic trials. Activist—that's right, activist Gwen Berry. They have shirts now that say, "What does it say?" Athlete, activist, athlete. Maybe I think that they—I've seen some of these folks wearing. But Gwen Berry uh, was standing on the podium after receiving a bronze medal in the hammer throw when she turned to face the stands, not the flag, as the national anthem was. Was playing my wife last night as I was we were talking about this I told her this and she <laughs> deadly serious she looked at me and she said I didn't think they played the anthem for someone who finished third and I said well this is during the Olympic trials this isn't during the actual or not to the Olympics yet. and she realized what she had said but I did find that quite humorous I mean, if you're going to turn your back on the anthem, at least, I mean, it technically wasn't being played for her, you could say. You could say it's played for everybody at this stage of the games. But it technically technically wasn't even being played for her. You know, it, it's made me wonder, it's made me wonder in my imagination here what Gwen Berry would do if, say, she somehow, she somehow gets on the podium uh, in Tokyo and a Chinese athlete wins and is in first place. Do will she stand for? Of course, she'll stand for that anthem because they play for the winner. They play the winner's anthem. I think it's how that works. So if China's in first, someone else is in second. Gwen Berry's in third. Somehow, she beats the two people who beat her here in the Olympic trials. She gets on the podium. Will she stand for the Chinese anthem? She's worried about oppression. She's worried about systemic problems and so forth would she stand for the chinese national anthem of course she would of course she would 
she would do this. Now, it gets even better than this. I'm reading here from a Fox News article. This is what it says. Olympic hammer thrower Gwen Berry says she was she was set up. <laughs> she was set up. I how I've not ever participated in Olympic Games, Olympic trials, but I know that when there's a podium involved, there is a national anthem involved. Right? This is Olympics 101. She says she was set up after the national anthem began playing during her medal ceremony in the U.S. Olympic track and field trials on Saturday at which time she turned her back to the flag before eventually covering her face with the shirt. Barry, 31, earned her spot on the Olympic team for a second time with a bronze medal performance over the weekend, but much of the attention was on her protest of the national anthem. Well, no kidding. She's she's doing an event called the, is she a hammer? Did I say hammer? Yeah, hammer throw. They don't even really show that. You don't, when you... When you watch the track and field games, there are certain events, or when you watch the Olympics in general, there are certain events that they play, you watch the entire thing. Like, for example, when the gymnastic teams, especially the women's teams, are performing, this is a big draw. People want to see this. People want to see the performers on the Olympic team, on the gymnastics team. The Americans usually uh, dominate, and they usually, I don't know, there's just something endearing about a lot of these athletes, and Americans typically find themselves really connecting, especially, I would say, not to be sexist, but I just think it's true, especially with the female team, right? Uh, Like uh, the, the Simone girl, for example. People just connect with these folks and with these athletes. Hammer throw is one that you don't see much of. In fact, if you're even watching track and field, they'll show the, you know, the 100, the 200, the uh, maybe the 400 events like that. You, you know the athletes. Um, but hammer throw, it's almost like, oh, here's the, they show them standing on the podium and then they show the one person who throws it the furthest just a, 10 second video clip right and now we're going to see if this joker gets on the podium in Tokyo well she barely got on the podium here so that means that her chances there are barely as well but who knows who knows but so this is uh, this is what um, makes her I guess famous here this is what she says I feel like it was a setup and they did it on purpose Barry said of the timing, the timing of the anthem. I was, well, if I should say that on the radio, ticked off, she said, to be honest. Gold and silver medalists Deanna Pierce and Brooke Anderson faced the flag with their right hands over their hearts while Barry faced away and towards the stands. She eventually picked up a black T-shirt with the words activist athlete printed on the front and draped it over her head. That's right, going uh, completely under the cover of the activist <laughs> athlete T-shirt. They had enough opportunities to play the national anthem before we got up there, Barry said, according to the New York Post. I was thinking about what I should do. Eventually, I stayed there, and I swayed. I put my shirt over my head. It was real disrespectful. She, she thinks, I just can't get over this. 
she thinks she thinks that what the disrespect that was shown or the the disrespect that was shown during the national anthem were the people who played it. Folks, we have gotten to the point. We have gotten to the point. I mean, just think about the evolution of this. And and I'm, I'm humored because of the stupidity of this. But this is this is becoming just this is a fundamental problem in this country. Um, this hatred that is being stirred up for this nation, this creates the ingredient or these are the ingredients. This creates the, I don't know, the atmosphere, the, the environment for people to further hate and want to radically transform their country. This is at its root, right? Remember, we've got Marxist activists that are running Black Lives Matter. Colin Kaepernick, the kneeler in the NFL, the former quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, former starting quarterback years and years ago now. He is a Shea supporter. He loves Shea. He loves Cuba. He has no problem with that. I mean, it's, it's remarkable to think about. It is truly remarkable, the denial of history and reality that one has to come to to be a, a supporter of Cuba supporter of the likes of Shea and Castro and so forth, but yet have problems with this with this nation um, is it, truly mind, mind-boggling. But you're, first of all, you're an athlete for the U.S. Olympic team, or you're competing. Just a news flash here to Gwen Berry. I don't want to point out the obvious here uh, to Ms. Berry, but I can say this, that when you participate in the Olympics, the Olympics are designed... They are designed to be an event, or I guess I should say a a sporting event or, you know, a competition where you represent your country. You're actually representing your nation. And she hates her nation. She hates it so much she won't even stand on the podium for the national anthem. Not only that. So you know this going in. You could never watch the Olympics, but you know that when you're on a podium, the national anthem is playing. She's complaining now. She's complaining that she was she was uh, put in a, an awkward position here. That they um, effectively, I guess, surprised her. Surprised her. How does that surprise you? National anthem goes with podium, Gwen Berry. These two things are inseparable. In the U.S. well, in the, in the Olympic Games in general, but especially at the U.S. trials, they're going to play. They're going to play the U.S. national anthem. This is not shocking. This should not be surprising. You've been there before. You're 31 years old. I don't care where you went to school. You should know podium and national anthem go hand in hand. And if you remember Colin Kaepernick when he first started kneeling, and there were discussions about. You know, whether the NFL should allow this, and there were just a couple of athletes that started kneeling. Now, now it's to the point in the NFL and even the NBA for that matter. Um, in fact, I remember an athlete who did not kneel. Remember this? An NBA player, I forget his name. He did not kneel during the anthem and he blew his ACL that game, and people were saying, That's what you get. That's what you get for blowing uh, the opportunity to disrespect this country with the rest of us. And now it's almost expected. Now she's saying not only not only is that the mindset of a lot of these radical athletes, not only is that the mindset, now they're saying that 
They're the ones that are being put in awkward positions. What do you mean you're going to play the national anthem? You're going to put me in an awkward position when I'm on the podium for the U.S. Olympic team? You realize how stupid this is? I know you do. But does the rest of the world realize how stupid this really is? Complaining at the, to the, I guess, to the media about the U.S. Uh, Olympic Committee. Telling, you know, basically saying, hey, they're the ones that caused this, not me. How was I supposed to know? <laughs> How was I supposed to know they were going to play the national anthem? I didn't know what to do. That's another thing. If you're going to if you're going to protest this, if you're going to protest the anthem, um, don't tell us you didn't think it through. I mean, did you think that you had no chance of winning? I just I don't even understand the thinking here. Of course, she thought about. Of course, they they. Ugh. When your hatred for America, this wasn't something that happened spontaneously. This, of course, was planned. She's got a shirt that says activist athlete. And she said this too. My purpose and my mission is bigger than sports. I'm here to represent those who died due to systemic racism. That's the important part. That's why I'm going. That's why I'm here today. That's what she's going to do. She's going to protest and represent those who died due to systemic racism here in the United States of America. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's truly, it's truly silly. Um, now, the U.S. Olympic Committee is saying that the national anthem was scheduled to play at 520. Um, and it was, it just happened to coincide with when they with when they actually got on the podium. So maybe maybe they don't do this at the Olympic trials. It was just scheduled to play. But how dare they? How dare they play the national anthem during the U.S. Olympic trials? It's just it's incredible how far we've come for this. And buckle up. If you watch the Olympics, buckle up, because we're going to be treated to some of this. Although I will tell you, too, and I will say this in... Uh, and I'm, I'm very happy to say this. There are some of these athletes that I, I mean, a lot of these athletes, actually a whole lot of these athletes I was listening to. If you watch a track event, especially a sprinting event, the amount of people that you hear say things that are good to hear, that are, that are well-received to the ears and the heart of people listening to them, people who are proud of their country, people who uh, glorify God, I mean, there's a lot of that from these athletes in track and field and so forth. But buckle up, because there will be some of this display if you watch the U.S. And maybe some of you won't. Maybe you've had enough of this stuff, and you just don't want to participate in that. I understand. I understand all that, and this, you know, you just can't get away from the political commentary. Meanwhile, people like Gwen Berry... They're standing on the podium in the U.S. Olympic or in the U.S. Uh, the, the Olympics in Tokyo, and China wins. I have to suspect they would not kneel for the Chinese anthem. They probably think China's great, does wonderful things, and these, this is a nation that literally is oppressing actively uh, the Uyghurs in particular, uh, and, and forced labor and all sorts of terrible things. Uh, going on in China, human rights violations left and right. But, of course, the main problem in this world, according to the radical leftists and the activist athlete, is that is that the problem exists with the United States. Truly a nation that is ushered in freedom and opportunity for so many, 
and prosperity for the world is suddenly to blame for everything. And it's not sudden. They blamed us for a long time. But anyway, there you go. Didn't take very long to get to that point. Quick timeout is in order here. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. By the way, this program is brought to you in part by our friends at Interior Construction Services. Interior Construction Services, they offer residential and commercial construction as well as a whole lot of other um, just construction uh, projects and needs that you might have. They can they can help you with those. Um, located here in central Indiana. In Indianapolis, I know we have listeners all over, all over the Fruited Plain and the world for that matter. But for those of you listening here in the Metro Indy area, they are here ready to help you with your construction needs. Interior Construct is the website dot com. Interior Construct dot com three one seven nine nine one forty six sixty. If you're looking to build or make um, make some repairs, interior exterior, residential, commercial, check them out, interiorconstruct.com. Be sure to tell them that you heard about them from the Todd Huff Show. So, 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 we talked about, of course, last segment, The uh, now we've got the first, say, kneel, or we didn't kneel, but turning the back on, on, the, uh, on the national anthem. But we have a whole lot of things, and this always happens on, uh, on a Monday, one of those things that happened over the weekend, U.S. military launches airstrikes against three facilities on Iraq-Syria border. Now, I, can, I, I go back to this. I wanna, I, I've said this before, and you've thought the same thing before. Um, remember Trump. Trump was supposed to be the one who was going to usher in World War III. Trump was the, the danger in the White House, Trump was just a millisecond away from nuking countries and starting wars and so forth. But it seems to me, it seems to me that we have had more military. Um, just look at where Biden and his administration is taking us. Now, I want to be fair here. I mean, we are engaged in regions of the world um, where there are some very bad actors. Some very bad actors and terrorist organizations, um, but we're sending, you know, we're, we're we're withdrawing from some places, and then we're also uh, launching airstrikes. This is a, this is a very volatile region, and of course, we want to be. Um, it's important that we are taking care of America's interests. What's concerning to me is that. In so many other instances now, since Biden has taken, um, you know, taken the White House here, in so many other instances, we are not acting in true in our, in our true interest. For example, with Iran, see, Iran's out there saying, "Look, we're not going to negotiate this Iran deal, this nuclear deal, much longer." So you, you better come back to the table. You've already said you're going to renegotiate this. You're going to re-implement the 
Iran nuke deal, which Trump said, and Trump's dead right on this, by the way. Trump said, if you want, even if that's what you wanted to do, you don't say that before you be, uh, begin the process of negotiating. Absolutely correct. Which goes to show you, which goes to show you that the emphasis today in the White House is first on politics and how it appears and messaging and what they can tell to the radical base more than it is in acting solely on U.S. interests. And it pains me to say that. It, it does. Even with a radical administration like we have, it's still painful to think that the first consideration of an administration is the optics of something. The optics. How does it look? Not what's right, not what's in America's best interests, but the optics of something. This is why, again, I've, I've, I've kind of um, I spent a lot of time talking about this, but this is the reason Kamala doesn't want to go to the border, the optics. And she went to El Paso, 800 miles from the uh, part of the border in McAllen, Texas, where illegal immigration is exploding. She didn't want to be anywhere near that. She, I think I read a headline the other day saying she was in the airport longer than she was actually at the border. Trump forced her hand by saying, hey, I'm going to show up here myself. So they had to do something. It's interesting how Trump is still forcing the hand of the White House. And it's all because of optics. It's 100% because of optics. It's just, I think about these things from my personal, just my, my personal experiences and, and, and my personal life. If there's something I'm confident of in my personal life, of course, on here I come and talk every day, but I'm just thinking, you know, there are things that I feel very confident about, and I don't even feel the need to explain myself at all to people. And I know politics is different. I know politics is different. You have to be able to communicate. But sometimes taking the right action, taking the right action in and of itself speaks volumes. Folks, I see polling now, polling here. Let me pull this up. I wasn't expecting to mention this during this segment. But polling shows, here we go, Harvard poll, Harvard, not the necessarily the most um, conservative polling outfit out there. Headline here, Washington Examiner, Harvard poll, 80% see border dis- disaster, want Trump closure restored, reject teaching critical race theory. The Biden administration is failing big time with its inability to control illegal immigration, adding to it one of several issues that could doom Democrats if left unchecked. In a new Harvard-Harris poll, an overwhelming 80%—8-0 said that illegal immigration is a serious issue that, and one that needs more attention than what President Joe Biden or Vice President Kamala Harris are giving. 80%. Say it's a serious a serious issue, folks. Eighty percent. I don't know if you could convince eighty percent of Americans that the sky is blue. Eighty percent are agreeing or in agreement that illegal immigration is a serious issue. Add to that. Now listen to this. It's not just that. That's bad enough for the Biden administration. What's more, again, writes the Washington Examiner. 68%, that's more than two-thirds for those who are radical socialists out there listening today who have Bernie Sanders 
mathematical skills out there, AOC mathematical skills, 68's a little bit more than two out of three people, say that signals from Biden's White House are encouraging illegal immigration, 68%. Now, you might be able to convince 68% of Americans that the sky is blue, but there's still a lot of things that 68% of Americans would never agree on. And to say that 68%, 68% are uh, believe that Biden and his policies are encouraging illegal immigration, especially when you factor in that the media is doing everything in its power to prevent that. To say 68% of Biden, uh, excuse me, of, of, of Americans think that Biden is causing this nonsense. It is absolutely remarkable. And over half, 55%, believe former President Donald Trump's border-closing policies should have been left in place. This is not the recipe for political success. And when this is – we are squaring up. Folks, we are marching along towards uh, the 2022 midterms here, and this is going to shape up. We're going to be – finalizing what these campaigns look like here in not too many months. I mean, the the campaigning is going to begin here. In one sense, we never stop campaigning in America. But in another sense, the real part, the meat of the campaign is, is going to be quickly thrust upon us. And you're going to begin to hear about these things. And people are going to start, you know, crafting out the specific messages of their campaign. And this is going to be a big part of this. Because the White House, they don't, they they don't want to do. They do not have the political willpower to do what is necessary to regain control of the border, because that would be admitting that Trump's policies were working. That would be admitting Trump's policies were working. They spend a whole bunch of time, a whole bunch of political capital, on saying that Trump was evil. Trump's policies were racist. They can't embrace those now, and because they focus completely on how things look, they've pigeonholed themselves. This is why this is a stupid way to live one's life, worried about what everyone thinks about you. But here we are, and now we all suffer the consequences of this. 80% say it's a serious issue. Two-thirds, more than two-thirds, 68% of Americans say that Biden is actually causing this with his policies and the signals he and his administration are giving. And that's why Kamala doesn't want to go to the border. That's exactly why. That's why she did a almost a touch-and-go landing just to say that she went to the border to check that off the list. Nothing substantive was done there. It was a basically a, a photo op, get me out of here, is really what she was doing. So more to discuss. But this is this is the lay of the land right now. This is we have unmitigated disaster all around us. And a lot of it is directly caused by the policies of the radical left. And meanwhile, we got people kneeling for the national anthem or turning their back or whatever at the US Olympic trials because of systemic problems that are cited with the United States when in reality what we have are political problems from the radical extremists who make up today's radical left. The fundamental ideas in this nation, the principles upon which this nation were built, are secure and good and and true. And of course, that does not include 
racism and and you know how how slavery was a part of that. I'm talking about the ideas. The founders did not completely live up to the ideals of the of what they wrote in our founding documents. But if you follow what the documents say, and and now we are, and we've eradicated and done away with the issue of slavery, we've made tremendous strides in this nation. But the foundations of this nation are solid and good. And the folks that are destroying this nation are radical leftists, oftentimes typically radical godless leftists. And this is not all Democrats, although they end up a lot of times voting with these radicals. I'm talking about the real problem of the radical leftists, and there's not that many of them. It's a growing number, but there's still not that many of them. Quick timeouts in order here, long in the segment. Sit tight back here in just a minute. back so i don't know if you've seen this or not this is uh, this is sad to me this is at foxbusiness.com make a wish to grant fully vaccinated children wishes let me say that again make a wish you know make a wish the the nonprofit organization who is in existence to help provide terminally uh, terminally ill children the opportunity to have wishes fulfilled. These are the folks who go to uh, provide you know children the opportunities to go to I don't know Disney World or just other other things that they want to do um, as they are you know facing um, facing a terminal disease and and. Um, now they're going to begin granting wishes of fully vaccinated children starting in September. So if you're unvaccinated, if you're unvaccinated, you're still you're not going to be able to have your wish granted. This is this is really terrible in my estimation. Because if you're terminally ill, why – because of the medical – I mean just the risks, the risk to giving a terminally ill child a vaccine, it's just not worth taking that risk. They're already um, – you know, their immune systems are just overwhelmed with whatever they're fighting as it is. And now they're going to be subjected to a vaccine that we still don't have a lot of answers to, by the way. No matter what you think about it, you have to at least admit we don't know everything about the vaccine. I think that's at least a fair statement, even if you're completely pro-get-the-jab sort of thing. We don't know. There are so many things we don't know about this. And now Make-A-Wish is basically saying to unvaccinated Children who are part of their program, they said we'll work with them um, by delaying air travel or large gathering-based wishes or finding an alternative event. It's just, it's just really sad to me. Terminally ill children 
They're going to tell them you have to get the vaccine or we're not going to grant your wish. You have to change it. I just this just doesn't set well. This doesn't set well. And, and, and folks, I I really don't even like talking about this because I do think that some of the things that make a wish is done for children is an, is absolutely beautiful for their families, for the children. Um, I think that they've done some really, really remarkable things. It's truly a beautiful thing and good. A lot of good has come from this, but this is not one of them. This is not, this is not one of them at all. Families, siblings, whoever else would go on this trip. Okay. I mean, if you're going to say vaccine, I mean, I'm not still saying I'm down with that. That's, that's a little bit different than what they're saying to the terminal child. Again, at, at some point, none of this makes sense to me. <clears throat> none of this makes sense to me because, again, if people who have gotten the vaccine can still get COVID-19, if that can still happen, then, and, and, and the worry is that people who, um, you know, don't get vaccine or, or vaccinated, I should say, don't get the vaccine, they are, you know, going to be carriers and the virus is going to evolve. But the problem is if you can get COVID-19 without or even with the vaccine, if you get it, why can't it evolve for the person who's vaccinated? And, of course, the fear is it, it uh, mutates enough, evolves enough so that it works itself around the vaccines and the vaccines are proven to be inadequate, ineffective. The WHO, the World Health Organization, is now recommending, I think I read this this morning, um, that fully vaccinated people wear masks again. So don't be surprised if as we move towards the fall, just in the back of your mind, be aware that we may be moving back to a masked society. That's a, that's a distinct possibility. I'm not predicting it. I'm simply saying that that's the direction that we're potentially headed. It's not off the table yet. And who knows where else all these... Uh, vaccine passports and this nonsense goes this this has got to be this has got to be stopped where does this end by the way where does it end this this to me seems like a really really tragic just a terrible awful decision this is this is completely for optics and and political pressures for make a wish to tell its terminal patients that they must must get vaccinated in order for them to grant their wish. And that is just absolutely awful in my estimation. Terrible, terrible thing to do. And so now some children almost certainly will not receive their dying wish. It, it just it it's it's upsetting to me. This is just this just isn't right. They're not gonna get their dying wish because they're not vaccinated. Horrible stuff. Quick time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Babylon B., who I love, by the way, you know that for those of you, for those of you who watch or watch on social media or listen to this program regularly, you know that I love, love the Babylon Bee. 
the Babylon Bee, the, the left does not know how, the media, the left, the radical left, they don't know how to deal with this. They don't know how to deal with the Babylon Bee. They don't know how to deal with satire. They don't know how to deal with that. MailChimp, this is an email service provider. Well, uh, what do you call that? Uh, an email database where you can email newsletters and you know manage your email communications um, with prospects and, I don't know, clients or whatever. But MailChimp had suspended the Babylon Bee for, quote, harmful information. <laughs> it's satire. I'm telling you, the left has no idea what this is. There's not, I don't even know what's good satire on the left. Maybe they'll point, are they going to point to like uh, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah? I mean, that's that's, ang- <laughs> that's angry uh, woke comedy. Satire is an art and it's a skill and I don't see it on the left. I don't see it on the left. But the Babylon Bee had been suspended and they could not use their mailing list on, on MailChimp uh, because they were deemed to be giving out harmful information. And so so they shut it down temporarily. Then they emailed Seth Dillon, who's the founder and CEO of um, of the Babylon Bee. Sorry, I about said MailChimp. They, they tweeted him back. Excuse me. That seems professional. Hey, Seth, we got this. And maybe Seth had, had tweeted something earlier, but this is the message. Hey, Seth, we got this in front of our compliance team, and they've reinstated the account. Our team followed up in an email, so they did email, with more details. We apologize for the inconvenience. To which Seth responded, thank you, but we're moving to an email service provider that doesn't make these, quote, mistakes. We'd also prefer to be on a platform that doesn't censor conservatives for being, quote, hateful or misinformative. So there you go. It's all over the place. All over the place, no matter what you do. Quick time out back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Got to wrap up here quickly, but I did want to say as well that Fauci is now out there saying, for anyone who believes this guy, I, I literally have no idea why anyone would put any stock at all in what this guy's out there saying. But didn't I see, I believe I saw, that he is now saying, he's now saying that herd immunity now requires 90%, 90% of Americans uh, to be immune from, or you know, whether vaccinated, I guess, or um, having had the virus, I guess, who knows as well what this guy means from this, but 90% of Americans have to be, that these numbers have never, ever been discussed before as being this high. 90%. Keep raising it. It'll be 100% before it's all said and done. Anyway, I gotta go. Music's telling me it's time to shut up. Folks, I hope you have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. SDG, see you tomorrow. Take care. Are you